Welcome to Pharmacy in Focus, where I will be having pocket-sized conversations on current topics and interests relating to pharmacy and the wider health sector. My name is Sharina Vassan, bringing you Pharmacy in Focus on behalf of the Pharmaceutical Society of New Zealand. Hello and welcome to episode five of Pharmacy in Focus. Today I have Quincy Liu with us. Quincy is currently the Head of Market Access at GSK New Zealand. His job is to bring innovative medicines to New Zealand and involves assessing the commercial feasibility of new medicines, preparing funding applications for new medicines and commercial contracting with Pharmac. Quincy is also a practicing pharmacist in Auckland and co-owns community pharmacies with his wife, Anna. Quincy and Anna have two children, Julia, who is nine, and Marcus, who is seven, and they also have a corgi called Bobby. Welcome, Quincy. Oh, thank you, Sharina. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good. Hey, um, we've, we've heard a little bit about what your current role is. Can you tell me more about where your career started and your journey to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I think my career started, um, you know, once I finished my studies at, at Auckland uh, University uh, with a bee farm, um, I moved down to Dunedin for a year for, for, uh, at Dunedin Hospital for an internship and then back up to Auckland as a clinical pharmacist in Waitakere North Shore Hospital. Um, and, you know, about after being about two years as a clinical pharmacist, I started to think, hey, you know, what, what else is, is there for me? And so I saw a job opening um, for GSK as, as medical affairs manager. Um, I've no idea what that was, but, you know, when I looked at the job <laughs> description, it actually looked like, oh, I, I could do this. So, so I applied, I gave it a go. And um, the process took about half a year, which was a bit strange. It was about... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the end, like, I, I got there and I'm like, great, you know, I'm going to try something new. Um, I'll use, make use of my uh, pharmacist skills, um, if any. Um, and I've just been with GSK for now coming up um, 12 years. So, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, I haven't looked back and I, I've, I've stayed with GSK and, um, yeah, it's been great. Excellent. And how did you feel when the process was taking so long? Um, it was a bit frustrating. Um, uh, so I remember I, I applied and I didn't hear back until maybe a, a month or two months later. Mm. <laughs> and then and then when, by the time they rang me up and say, hey, you know, Quincy, I want to interview you and, and et cetera. Um, I was like, you know, who, who's this? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but look, um, it, Sometimes, you know, with, with corporate jobs, uh, things are not as quick um, as, as one would like it to. Um, and you just have to wait and, and wait for the right opportunity at times. Um, you know, it, it didn't stop me applying for other jobs and con continuing with, um, uh, you know, my, my job at the hospital, for example. Um, it was one of those uh, uh, moments where, you know, you saw an opportunity, you gave it a try, and you're not sure whether it comes through or not, but, you know, you, you keep working through. Definitely. And speaking of your move from 
um, from a hospital-based role into GSK. What what led you to want to apply for that role? Um, I at that time I was quite um, ambitious. Um, I, I love clinical farms. I love working in the hospital and working with the doctors and going on on, on the rounds with them. Um, but I also felt, hey, is there a job that could be a, a, a bit more fun? Uh, maybe, um, uh, you know, a global job that can uh, take me, I can get to travel a bit, you know. Um, I wasn't too worried or concerned about pay. I was more, I think, uh, thinking about, hey, is there a, a better experience outside um outside what I have and you know don't get me wrong I, I love the environment I was in it was just a question of oh starting to and and I think most people get this after about two or three years um, in the job where um, they think about hey is there something better or is there something that I can try and learn and and accelerate myself um, and so that's what kind of started me um, looking a little bit great and now that we know what led you to potentially work at a, at a pharmaceutical company, so we know that you're ambitious, you were looking for something a little bit different, um, and now you've, you've been there for 12 years and you're the head of market access in New Zealand, can you tell me a bit about what your typical day looks like now? Um, my typical day, um, there is no typical day because every, every day is it's different um, every day. And then, uh, you know, I would say it will be similar to a, to a pharmacy setting. Every every patient that comes through your door is going to be a bit different. And it's the same situation um, uh, uh, in, in my current role. It's, it's definitely not, not Groundhog Day. Every day is different. So one day I may get um, uh, a, a complaint on, on a medicine. Another day I may have to think about recalling a, a medicine because of um, uh, certain issues. At the moment, what we're dealing with is supply issues, uh, mainly you know due to to COVID. Um, so, and then you know you know that's the supply and getting medicines into New Zealand side of things. And then on top of that, you know we have to work with Pharmac. Uh, after review drugs. I have to bring, uh, you know, get into these commercial meetings and, and discussions. So my days are pretty filled with actually a, a lot of meetings. So if you want to know what a day looks like, there's probably 80% meetings, <laughs> 80% working with people, you know, uh, sharing ideas, making sure, you know, projects and things are, are moving ahead. Um, and then that leaves a, a really, really sad kind of 20% that, <laughs> that's doing work and you find yourself, oh, look, I've, I've got a lot of work to do. But I suppose in my job and my role at the moment, um, people are the most important things and uh, or, or, or parts of the business and um, leadership and um, being there for, for everyone um is uh, you know that takes priority and sometimes I just have to suck it up and work into the night um because you know that 20% never never quite enough um so one of those things that you know typical day um now of course I don't go into the office at all um maybe you know uh, once a week or once every every two weeks I would go into the office so my my day is now at home um I have to look after Bobby as well um, so <laughs> other things that that's going on 
uh, and you're trying to juggle, you know, work life. And one of my uh, previous bosses talked about, you know, a work-life balance. And it's not really a balance. What you're trying to do is, like, uh, especially in these COVID times, is a work-life merge where actually you, 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 you need to incorporate your work into your daily life or your daily life into your work. I mean, mm. it, it is an absolute merge. And, um, and now after about two years of it, uh, it's gone into, into a new routine. That's a, that's a very good way of putting it, a work-life merge. Because um, you can't always ba- balance things 50-50 or, or however you need to. Um, things are always going to pop a- up, right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, just say this morning it was uh, breakfast, kids to school, rush, rush, rush. And then I'm, you know, um, now sitting down in the interview uh, with you. And then I've got my kind of day planned out in terms of the meetings that I'm going to have. <laughs> And, and of course, um, you know, we, we need to plan, hey, what's, what's going on for next week? What presentations do I need to give? Could, you know, what, what big meetings and, um, you know, which um, big, you know, boss am I going to meet with in, within GSK that I need to really prepare for and know my stuff? So all these things, of course, um, uh, uh, come into it. And being organised is one aspect, but I think the key aspect in um, my role in, in, in pharma, um, a lot of it is about prioritization mm-hmm. because things just keep coming at you, uh, you know, not nonstop. And as soon as you think you've finished a project or uh, finished that piece of work, you know, there'll be two others that, that come in. So it's about taking a step back and saying, okay, this is important now. This may be important later. And then thinking about actually this, can I delegate it to somebody else? And this other one, hey, look, um, have to unfortunately say no until until I've got more more resourcing. Mm. So yeah, really have to kind of think about that priority and what what's important. Yeah, uh, now and probably in the long term, and those are the ones that you absolutely need to focus on. Mm. And that's really good to to hear as well, because there is always something else that's coming up and and as you say you know when when you're working at home and if you've got other things that you need to to try and work around or with as the case may be then um you know there's a lot to fit into that that 20 percent of uh work time where you're not in meetings right absolutely and remember when you have this work-life merge um as well the problems that come at you may not just be work problems. It could be family, um, your, your own problems. Um, and you need to also make time for those as well. Mm. Um, so it becomes, you know, and suddenly that list just got a little bit longer. Mm. But I, I think it's still manageable. I mean, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still here. I'm still, uh, you know, not declared insane. So <laughs> I must be doing something right. <laughs> Now we, we've talked um, we've talked a bit about yeah the, the work life merge and the amount of you know time that you're spending in in meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, what what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you have faced so far in your career? Um, I think the biggest challenge that I've faced in my career 
is around um, stepping up. It's, a, it's about career progression um, because there's no, there's no right or wrong answers. As much as we like, you know, situations to be binary, either yes or no, you know, right or wrong, uh, when it comes to career and, and progression, there's, there's, there's no such thing. And, and what I mean by that is um, as I kind of progress through my career um, in, in GSK, there have been opportunities that, you know, um, I've got shoulder tap to hey, take on this particular project or this particular job. Um, and, you know, you may not or I may not have seen hey, what would be the outcome of it or the end result of it. And you also have to think about, um, you know, from, from a career point of view, you know, hopefully that, that leads to something, but it may not, not always be the case. Um, so my biggest challenge at the moment, for example, would be deciding, hey, do I want to progress my career into GS, in GSK and how high up do I want to go? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm already on the um, leadership team for, for the New Zealand business. Mm-hmm. So next step actually is thinking about uh, international roles, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's you know, Singapore, Australia, uh, regional um, or, or, or global, which is probably more, more in the UK um, as well. So now at this point in time, when you get to, I think, around this level, it is a little bit about your, your own decisions and saying, hey, do I want to do that now? Do I want to do that later? Or do I want to do it at all in terms mm. of taking on these international roles and, and assignments? Um, and, you know, and then you also have to think, hey, then, then what happens afterwards? Just say I do two years, mm. okay? Mm. Uh, does that mean I, I come back and, and, and what's the future? Do I take my kids with me, et cetera? Mm. So it, there's a lot to think about. And, and I think that's, to me, you know, my day-to-day job is actually quite, I know, filled with problem solving and, 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 and getting on with the work. Um, but the, the, the challenge for me at the moment, it, it is about, hey, what's my, what's my next move? What do I need to think about? How do I how do I progress, and uh, what does the long term actually look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not as, as as straightforward as yep, I'm 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 taking a job and I'm and I'm going, and um, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, well, not that I need to know exactly what happens five years later, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's in, in the best interest for 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 me, and especially now you know now that I've got a family. Um, is it in the best interest for my family? So I would say that's my, my my biggest challenge, and I've been mulling over this for the last three years, mm. and I still have no, and I still don't have an answer, and I'm still <laughs> at the same job that I, that um, uh, I am, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's just I suppose now I've kind of come to terms with it, and I and I said, look, I'm I'm not ready to make that decision yet. But that doesn't mean I stop thinking about it and wondering and learning and deciding, hey, what's my what's my best next move? Mm. So the opportunities are potentially there for you if um, if if you decide actually this is something that I want to do in the next few years. Yeah, but these opportunities you have to pursue. Mm. So, for example, you you can't just expect someone one of the bosses to come to you and say, hey, Quincy, I want you 
uh, you know, on this job. Mm. Um, you have to network. You have to make your ambition known. You have to talk to the right people. Um, and that takes, of course, time and effort. Um, and we've, uh, uh, you know, that's something that, that um, you know, when I'm ready, I'll, I'll, I suppose I'll start doing. Um, but there's a lot of preparation work for a career or a job move. So, you know, my, starting my, my job at GSK, I think that was quite simple. You know, you, you hand in a CV and you wait for a phone call and you get an interview, right? Um, but where you're within a big organisation and you're trying to move move up, actually, it's um, it's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more challenging, um, especially with, with um, uh, big corporates. Then it is about networking, stakeholders, uh, engagement, and making your ambition known. And for good companies, they'll they'll see you. And they'll recognize you and they'll say, okay, you know, what are the plans? Let's, let's work it out. So I've already had quite a few conversations um, as such. Um, and yeah, well, like I said, I, and I'm upfront and, and, and honest um, in terms of where I am in life and uh, when I want to progress. So um, being honest to yourself about, you know, the career progression and where you want to see um, your company take you. Uh, it's actually quite uh, quite important. So you, you do need to know a little bit more about yourself and what your actual needs are. Yeah, because you know some of the other questions they ask is, hey, is it is it is it for the money? Mm-hmm. Is it for the prestige of you know you've got a bigger title? <laughs> um, is it is it about experience or the things that you learn? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to decide what it, what it is that that's for you. Um, I mean, for for me, uh, money is, is is a byproduct. I'm actually after the experience and what I can learn, and hopefully, um, you know, what I can bring back. And it's about kind of starting to to look at what kind of jobs I may like or uh, who I may want to work with, um, etc. Uh, as I kind of make the probably come to a decision in another another one or two years time. Excellent. Thank you for that insight. So we've talked about some of the the challenges. Um, you've also mentioned you know, being in a corporate space, which is probably quite different from a lot of people that will be listening to this episode, um, and and how that career progression um, can come about, which might be different from from the environment some people are in right now. I, I think there's a, a bit of difference. Uh, well, there's obvious difference between corporates and and you know. Uh, pharmacists uh, working community or, or, or hospital pharmacy, uh, which is the ma- majority of um, uh, people in, um, that may be listening to this. Um, but I think there's also some similarities in terms of how you prepare for progressing your career. I think there's a lot of... Um, overlap in terms of the way you need to think and the way you need to uh, advance yourself. So, for example, you know, I mentioned that you really need to know what you want Mm. because, you know, I've been on the other end as an employer, you know, hiring hiring pharmacists and there's nothing, I think, more, more frustrating from that other side when it's not quite clear 
um, what that pharmacist wants or if that pharmacist is only to say or, or that you know doesn't need to be a pharmacist it could be a, a technician or retail assistant but if, if that employee you know um is have, have, have multiple um, issues that they haven't kind of sorted out and, and thought through yet um so being clear about yourself and your situation and where you want to be will really help that 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 movement or that or that progression um and the other other piece is you know if you uh, I, I think um you know for people that's in their current job and they want to either step up in a management position or um, they want to move on to a leadership position um then it's about hey you know how are you preparing yourself for for those roles and it's not a bam because i've worked in a job for two years i know exactly what that what that leadership role may, may look like actually it could look completely different and it is about talking to the right people networking a little bit and, and getting those insights so you still need to prepare yourself for 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 those changes or, or, or the moves that you're, you're planning great advice um so after you're discussing some of these um challenges and, and what you need to think about for for yourself before making any any moves um what would you say is your biggest accomplishment to date um my biggest accomplishment um in terms of my uh working career my biggest accomplishment would be changing the mindset of my organization of, of, of GSK so um and and the, you know the foot that comes or the accomplishment that comes to mind i mean there, there's quite a few but i think where things turned around uh for me was when um i i got a role that i that i wanted which is which is um looking after the the off patent products so you know the the maravan the lamictal um desire ban um and there's a few other kind of iv antibiotics um etc so i got that portfolio to look after and as part of that portfolio um it, every year there's an annual kind of farm act tender that needs to needs to occur um and you know you put your uh, you do your um, investigation on the price of medicines um how how much you can get them in from from the manufacturing site and what are you going to sell to farm act and what's your bid price you know it's a tender mm. and of course if you win you know three years sole supply contract and if you lose well you're out of the market for three years and you you know good luck try again you know next time um and we we've had a a business uh, a gsk business for these products haven't been very successful haven't been very successful at all with these tenders and so when i took on the job of course i knew nothing about it they actually just threw me under deep end because uh, my manager went on maternity leave and I'm there going oh what well, you know what what I do um anyway so I start to look at things in a in a different light you know okay so um this is the price that the manufacturing uh, uh um, plant is quoting me 
Um, can I get it any cheaper? Can I can I um, look at the, the the pack size, the the color of the pack? Can I look at other things that can reduce costs? So I can have a better bid price. Can I look at actually what my uh, uh, bundling or my pricing strategy is going to be, and what kind of margins we want to look at? So I remember the uh, you know I've done all this this work and homework, and I put my bids in and I submitted. And I can tell you, I was very unsuccessful. So I bought <laughs> products. I don't win any of them. <laughs> so, so that that was year one. And, and I was going, oh, I was shocked. I was like, oh, I thought that if I worked really hard and did all the right things, you know, mm. I, I right, okay. Mm. So that that's a that's a failure. But I think that's where accomplishments comes comes in. <laughs> Because accomplishments is when you have failed, and you've right. overcome it. So. So my biggest accomplishment is actually the next year the tender was even bigger. So these are these are products like augmented, you know. You oh know, wow! Yep. Antibiotic tablets that we haven't had in the market for a good, you know, uh, six years or, mm. or, or or so because you know the the generic companies, you know, they 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 had very very strong pricing, and that's when actually w winning winning that. Um, getting augmented tablets back into the New Zealand market, um, along with a few others as well, in the, in the next year, mm -hmm. was an absolute amazing accomplishment because it, it, it turned things around for for our business and how we view tenders. And that actually, we 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 can win, and we did win, and so it became okay. How do we win more? And in that mindset, it's like, oh no, we're going to lose another one. Oh, there's no point in winning anymore because you know, it's all these negative uh, uh, speak suddenly flips around saying, hey, you know, the the, the general manager tapping me on the shoulder when it comes to tenant time, like, hey, is there any more? Is there any more that we can win? Is there anything else? And I suppose that's for me, that's the accomplishment, not not only for myself because I overcame a, a failure, um, but also changing the the tone of, of, of the business for uh, for these tenders and and I think that was a, a really uh, strong turning point for for my career as well in terms of not only being recognized for the good work that um, that I've you know failed and, and now done um, but but also it's that it's that mentality of hey can we do better can we push forward can we win Mm. Um, and and that's that's quite that's I think is is my biggest accomplishment. It may it may not sound like much, but <laughs> one that hits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it obviously took a lot of time and effort, and as you say, homework when you first came into that role, um, and learning what the role was because you know your your manager wasn't necessarily there to to give as much support as as they would have otherwise, um, and then trying to figure it out. And and it's you know it, it's never easy to I guess lose if you want to put it that way or fail and um, you know you're, you're in a big corporate pharma company and and you know there's, there's a lot riding on it so you know to, to have overcome that and obviously have some support not have to fear losing your job because you lost some tenders um, but to be able to as you say flip it around and, um, and start winning as well. Absolutely and I think one of the key things, and maybe this is a, a really good learning that I want to share, is that um, when my my boss went on maternity leave and I was more or less kind of doing this job by myself without much guidance um, and trying to 
talk to people and learn. One thing that I was really apparent to me was nobody is really going to help you mm-hmm. in terms of if you're not there pushing and asking questions and wanting to, to do it, nobody's going to force you. Nobody's going to, hey, Quincy, when's that tenor coming up? Nobody's going to say, hey, Quincy, have you done this, this or that? It's about do you do it? Do mm-hmm. you have enough motivation or do you care about your job enough to actually, or are you accountable enough? And, and that's, a, that's a word I like to use. Are you accountable enough to just get on with it? And you, and you, may, know, you may not know where to start. And I, 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 did, I did have no idea. I had no idea where to start. Mm. but you need to start somewhere. And, um, and one thing I went, you know, on reflection, you know, after I, I, I failed and, and came a little bit more successful with, the, with that one, you know, it was very apparent. Actually, nobody is, everybody has their own job and the things that they need to look at. So nobody's going to babysit you, mm. um, whether you're junior or whether you're senior in the, um, in the organisation. So do you take accountability and then, and then say, hey, look, uh, I don't know this, but I need to learn it. Mm. You know, can you help me? And people are willing to help, but you need to speak up, right? You need, mm. to, you need to go forward and, 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 um, and get there. So I think that's a, that's a really key piece because I would imagine uh, for a lot of, because um, we have, uh, uh, we call them um, IBLs, they're, they're like interns, right? They, they finish their, uh, their um, degree at the university and join us for a, for a work experience here. And what I do see is that um, the, the really good interns are the ones that keep pushing to learn, keep pushing to, to, to do work. And even though they have no idea, you know, they have some ideas and they want to share it yeah. versus the ones that, you know, oh, I'm, 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 they're sitting there and they go, I'm waiting for my, for my manager to tell me what to do. Mm. You know, and, and that's a, and that's, that's very different. And it comes down to, Hey, um, you don't need to know what you're doing, but, you need to think about starting somewhere and do you have that motivation to do that? Yeah. Yeah, just say motivation, accountability, and um, I guess being being willing to um, to ask some questions and not not be too concerned about um, what the response might be because at least you're, you're you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there's no silly questions. Um, silly questions of you is only if you ask. You know the same question over and over <laughs> expecting different answer that you know that that would be that would be a silly question <laughs> but but there's no silly questions you know if you're there to to, to, to be to be learning yeah mm, to learn and progress mm. if if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice from when you first registered as a pharmacist what would that be um my one piece of advice, actually, um, actually, it's the same same advice that that I followed, um, but I could have done it a bit sooner, I think, and that is to explore all your options. Um, and why I say explore your options is most of, and this is my observation, a, a lot of my um, friends, colleagues, and um, people I know that 
um, uh, are, are from the pharmacy school. Um, they've either remained as a community pharmacist or a hospital pharmacist. Um, some have moved into, uh, you know, big pharma. Um, and, you know, and, and, and some has, you know, um, actually there's, there's not a lot, but some people have done quite, quite amazing things. Um, we don't have to be restricted to, to these options. Because if you see, you know, a, a graduate with a Bachelor of Science or a, 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 um, or even a BA or a, um, you know, a, a BCom, a Bachelor of Commerce, you know, these are the type of graduates that come through our um, the GSK's intern program. And you would think, oh, my goodness, you know, they've, only, they've got a, a, a BA or a BCom. It's not very specific, you know, what, what are they going to do? But actually, that's the that's the power of being kind of having a, a broader degree, which allows you to do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with with pharmacy, I feel, or you know, my advice would be, hey, don't um, don't don't frame yourself, don't put yourself in a frame where a pharmacist is the the best that you can be. There's a lot of other jobs out there. There's lots of other opportunities out there, and people recognize pharmacists or having a bee farm um, is actually, you know, a, 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 a really cool thing to have, but it doesn't limit you to, to what you can become. And so with, you know, if you free your mindset from, from that, then uh, yeah, I think there's a lot more opportunities out there. Um, I think pharmacy has a lot of um, self-limiting beliefs within you know within the pharmacy profession itself uh, and, and being a pharmacist with, and it comes with a degree um, but it doesn't need to be like that and um, one thing I'm very glad I suppose is you know when I looked at opportunities at GSK um, and even within GSK there's other aspects um, you know other roles and, and jobs you know I've, I've tried a lot of different ones within GSK and that's kind of helped me, you know, I don't have to just think about, hey, I'm a pharmacist, I'm probably more clinical and I, I need to do clinical stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. I want to do business and I want to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. And, and that's then the, the role that I've kind of m- moved into. I mean, I'm still in the pharma- uh, pharmaceutical industry, which, which I absolutely love. So, um, you know, medicines and, and pharmacy, and these are my passions. And within that, you know, my passions and business, but it doesn't stop um, a, a bee farm graduate to say, you know, pursuing real estate or banking mm. or whatever it is. Mm. You just need to think, you know, that, 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 much, that much broader. That's exactly right. So, for, so for, for pharmacists or pharmacy technicians that are very happy in their current roles or that really love the clinical aspect and the patient-facing aspect, you may be in your, your dream job right now or just want, you know, a few tweaks to, to the type of role that, that you have currently. But for those that are looking for a bigger change, um, then there, there are obviously, as, as you say, opportunities out there. And it's just pursuing those opportunities um, as, as and when they come around and not feeling like you're, you're restricted um, based on the specific degree that you have. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, within your current job, it could be, hey, 
um, you want to look after the more, you know, uh, just say services of, of your of your pharmacy profession, you know, go after it mm. because it's an extension. And without without people or, or, um, or you know, within our profession that push out and, and seek kind of new territory of things that we can do, then, you know, we're, we're quite limited. So mm. I think, um, yeah, having that mindset of actually there, there could be more it doesn't need to be a big change, you know, to, to you know, what you've pointed out within your current job, what is there that they can help um, help change things a little, not only for yourself, but, you know, maybe it ends up being for the profession, you never know. That's exactly right. Mm. Now, before we move on to, to the next section, I want to ask you a little bit about myths. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the common myths about working in, a farm, in the pharma industry? I think the biggest myth is um, the biggest myth is that it's all about profits. It's all about the money. Mm. Big bad farmer, right? Um, and they don't care about patients. They don't care about health outcomes. They, they care about how much money that they can um, uh, bring in. And I think that is the the, the biggest myth. Um, and if you know, just say GSK uh, uh, behave like that, you know, I'll, I'll be out of there in an instant because it needs to align with my values as well Mm. um that's an absolute myth and um because i know and i've seen uh, decisions that we've made where you know we we made it we did it for the benefit of the of the patients and 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 not for um uh the 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 profits Uh, and we we and it's, it's one of those things where, um, how do I put it? The, the companies, the innovative drug companies, or, or, well, I can only speak for GSK because I've only worked for GSK, um, is that we make decisions and we always have this kind of patient aspect as well. So even in our business decisions, we go, hey, what, what does it mean for the patient? What, what does it mean for the doctors and the pharmacists and the nurses when we make these certain decisions that may impact them? Um, and that always comes up trumps. You know, and, you know, I talked about prioritization before. You know, that's mm-hmm. the priority. That's the, that's the goal. That's the vision. And so if things don't align to that vision, then we generally don't do it. That would probably be quite a um, uh, quite interesting for people to hear because I think you I think you're right. There there are there's probably a perception out there, um, whether it's from health professionals or from the public in general, that pharma companies are, are after the profits and and that would go above everything else. So it's um it's great to have your insight there. Um yeah, I, and and I I mean it's a quite ingrained kind of myth or, or, or um. Uh, you know, feeling towards um, uh, towards drug companies, um, and so you know, in situations, it's actually very difficult to engage with you know healthcare professionals, you know, pharmacists, doctors, because they, you know they think, hey, um, you, you're only after uh, after the money. Um, no, we, I, I think what we are about as an innovation com- uh uh, innovative medicines company. It's all about expanding the science and the education as well, because there's no point having a new drug and nobody knows about it. <laughs> right. 
That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, like that saves lives, but nobody knows about it. Then how is it going to be used? Because mm. it's just going to sit on the shelf and expire. Mm. Um, you know, does the, the you know decisions makers like like Pharmac, do they do they know how to implement it so that the right people get access to the meds? So we never just think about hey, we sell it and, and we're done. It, it, it's actually the you know we we look at it in its entirety, and. So I think it's, it's that you know, next level thinking when you, um, you know, want to understand more about the pharmaceutical industry. Um, it needs to a, align with your values if you're wanting to pursue work there, but it also needs to, um, how do I put this? Yeah, I think there needs to be a deeper understanding of actually we could be really good partners and we have shown ourselves to be good partners to um, uh, to New Zealand uh, healthcare with not only our vaccinations, but, you know, our, our, our products as well. And it's all through education and, and, and helping access. Great. Now let's move on to um, looking at the skill sets that, that are needed. What skills do you think are required to move into a, a particular, or I guess your roles at a pharma company? Um, skill sets. I, I think you need to be flexible. And that's the, um, you need to be flexible and you need to be um, disciplined. So uh, I'll, I'll elaborate on flexible. So there's, you know, the, the, the job, that you know, GSK or the, the pharma business is is working with people, and the person that comes in and say, "No, it needs to be done this way, and it's only that way, and that's the only right way," but it's not going to get very far. Let's, let's be absolutely honest. And I would expect that 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 type of person won't get very far in a lot of different jobs, not just not just there. Um, flexibility is about thinking outside the, the circle, but is about including other people in your decision as well. Mm-hmm. And um, and that I think is the is the key skill uh, where that flexibility in thinking is not just about me, 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 and what mm-hmm. I want and how I want it done. Mm-hmm. That flexibility is about taking other people's point of views and experience into account and saying, okay, let's, let, let, let's move forward now that I've considered everything. And everybody will then feel, hey, let's move together. Sure. Um, so that flexibility in thinking is, um, kind of encompasses all those different aspects. Um, the second point is about discipline. And what I mean by discipline is in the pharma industry, what we're talking about, there's lots of rules. Lots and lots of rules. You think the SOPs within the pharmacy is bad? The SOPs in a pharma company. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and because things are really strict, not not from a um, because of that patient health and that um, and the patient consideration, we we can't be seen to um, how do I put it? We can't be seen to be putting the, the patients or the end users kind of well-being at, at risk. Mm. And we never, never will and we never should. But it's about making sure that is very black and white and all the SOPs and all the trainings and everything that, that's there. 
Okay. We have write right. We have speak right. We have everything that, you know, you need to mm. do. And the discipline aspect is, is actually really um, important. And this is something that I've actually taken um, for my own businesses as well. So it's not just applicable to uh, a big pharma, but probably more so in, in, in big pharma. Um, discipline in terms of kind of your learning, making sure you're up to date, you're, there may be law changes, there may be, we have a, a Medicines New Zealand Code of Ethics, you know, changes in that, how we market, how we sell our product, how we conduct ourselves. These are all requiring um, discipline. Mm. And if you are not able to manage yourself, manage your time, manage your uh, ability to know what the what the rules are, you know, in terms of your, your behavior and your values, then, you know, that, that could be a problem. Yeah. And discipline also comes down to know, un- knowing and understanding yourself. Mm. So if you don't know yourself or understand yourself and how you behave or why you behave a certain way, then, you know, you're going to run into, in, into trouble later on, especially the higher up you go. Mm. Yeah, and within an organization. Um, so, you know, the, because, you know, at, at my, I suppose, level, um, I have to demonstrate the right values and the right disciplines. Mm. Uh, we call it compliance and governance. So these are all these things that, you know, I not only need to talk the talk, mm. I need to walk the walk. Yeah. Mm. So, absolutely um, uh, 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 crucial uh, part of um, the pharma drug industry. Great. And I just want to pick up on that um, point you made about knowing yourself, Mm -hmm. yourself and your values and and I guess how you portray yourself um, potentially. Uh, How how would you suggest listeners go about that if they, you know, because some people aren't aware, right? Um, they need to have, do a little bit more self-reflection on, on who they are and what their values are and how they may fit into a specific environment. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, it's about taking feedback. It's about questioning what you do. And it comes down to maturity. Um, and, um, you know, and, and bad experiences. Let, let, let's put it this way. Um, a, a, People that have failed and have met challenges and have, you know, been in struggle, uh, whether it's personal, professional, they understand a lot more about themselves than people that had a very, quite an easygoing life, nothing ever wrong. You know, somebody's always helped them and, you know, to, to, uh, if there's any issues. Um, and knowing about yourself is about taking feedback. It could be very difficult and to listen to feedback, but, you know, you take it and you digest it and you understand it. It may mean that you've, you've failed and you ask yourself and you constantly ask yourself, why did this happen? Can I do better next time? Mm. And one thing I've noticed is that um, people, especially in their professional uh, life, are very self-protecting and, um, and, and, and they will never blame themselves. It's, it's, it's a funny 
um, uh, uh, funny thing to watch where, you know, people come in, uh, you know, when something hasn't gone quite right and then immediately they go on the defensive. And, and, that's, and I think that's a very reactive um, situation. Um, but it, it tells you a little bit about, about that person as well. Um, and one thing that we do is to kind of give feedback in the right moments to help them understand actually, yeah, maybe, maybe part of it is not, um, it's not your fault, but also these are the parts that actually you were in control and could possibly control. So what went wrong there? And we're trying to focus on what you can control and what you can do as part of that, that, that reflective um, exercise and understanding about yourself. Um, it is about knowing yourself and um, knowing yourself is actually quite a difficult thing. And it's not, and we, you know, the leadership courses that I've been to always talks about, hey, when you look at yourself, you know, and in the mirror, you know, who do you see? What do you think are your, are your values? What do you think are the good things about you? And what do you think are the bad things about you? But in reality, nobody really does that. Um, <laughs> first thing in the morning, we're going to mirror, no, like you, you, you don't go and do that. But um, what, but one, and then that's where feedback becomes quite, quite important and taking that, um, being open to, to, to feedback. You may not agree with it, and that's fine. But at least you you listen to it and you've digested it, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's the first step to understanding a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, great. Thank you very much. Now, you, when we were um, chatting earlier, you mentioned that there are some graduate opportunities at GSK. Are you able to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, sure. So every year uh, we have um, we run an IBL program. So. Um, this IBL program is like, uh, actually, uh, apologies, I, I, I've forgotten what IBL stands for now. Um, but an IBL program is like an intern program. So it's for new graduates. So they may have just finished the B farm or BSC or BCom. They've just finished. And we have certain roles within marketing, medical, um, uh, digital marketing that uh, has a kind of internship position that's a, a one-year fixed contract. And basically that's to not only bring new talent into the business, uh, but also um, uh, uh, help these kind of talents uh, develop and grow and and hopefully be very employable at the end of, um, you know, end of the year. And so our... Um, so you, you may see on, on Seek or you may see on LinkedIn that the um, IBL program becomes available. Um, you know, just click into it, look into it. And what involves is a series of um, kind of, there'll be an online interview where you record a clip and then the HR team will review it and, and shortlist the candidates and then it goes through kind of that process. And there'll be a, um, a group face-to-face interview, which is, actually quite a lot of fun i mean just the experience in itself is actually quite quite worthwhile um and 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 basically these these um ibl so we've got about four this year it changes every year depending on um, the business needs but you know they get together and during the intern year they learn kind of on the job what you know marketing is and uh, or what digital marketing is so so they're there to do a job 
and to learn at the same time. Um, and on top of that, they need to think about, they usually get given a, a group project that they have to do. Um, and, and that's part of also, you know, part of their, their, their learning and, and development um, as such. Um, after that year, um, some, some interns will, will stay on with us and some interns will be moving to, to, um, to better things. Uh, you know, I, I know that some had um, one, that was my IBL one year. Um, he was a pharmacy graduate, so he went back being a, 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 a he, he went back into pharmacy to do his internship. Another one started working as in marketing and in, in sanitarium, um, selling wheat bicks um, and, and marketing that. And there's another um, another IBL that moved on to um, digital marketer for for um, for Spark. So it's I mean the range of jobs etc. is mm. um, is quite impressive. Excellent. So very much the the world is your oyster, so to speak, because it's a it's a good um, first experience after graduating. It, it is, and you know that first couple of years of experiences, it's all about learning. It's all about you know taking on these new experiences and go, oh, can I apply it here? Maybe I'll try this other job, etc. Um, you know. I think a good 50%, 60% of them actually leave the, the, the drug industry to do other things mm. that's in the business world. And that's why I mentioned, you know, the applicants may not actually be pharmacy students. Actually, we don't have enough pharmacy students, which is um, uh, applicants, which is a bit disappointing. So it's mainly coming from uh, BCom and BSc um, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there you go for any listeners out there that are um, that are new graduates. <laughs> Keep an eye out because there may be an opportunity there for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think, um, yeah, pharmacists or, or well, pharmacy grads, um, they they have the right right knowledge uh, in a lot of uh, things that we we work on. But uh, you know, we we look at the person, and I think that's sometimes more important than just that than degree so having a degree gets you you know the first step and then mm. how you are as a person and your willingness to learn and contribute that's gonna that's gonna drive the, the deciding factor excellent thank you now Quincy mm-hmm. we, we know that you're the the head of market access you we know that you're you're part of the leadership team um, here here in New Zealand for for GSK and that you're also a co-owner of some pharmacies so you know I think it's probably fair to say you're 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 a leader um, of of sorts depending on on what your definition of leadership is um, so what what does leadership mean to you yeah oh look that that's a that's a really difficult question because leadership is different for everyone right yeah, that's right and you can ask someone hey what, what do you think of him as a leader or who as a leader um and you know that everybody's perception is a bit different for, for me leadership is about I'll, I'll bring this word up again uh, uh accountability uh, accountable so as a leader, do you look after your staff? Do you look after, you know, your, 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 your group and people working around you? Do you, do you, do you protect them? Mm. 
and it's not in a um, in a way you know in a way that's overbearing and micromanaging is it's not that what, what I mean by that that leadership do you protect it's about do you um, when something happens are you dependable mm. right and some things always happen and you have to ask yourself you know is that is that person reliable dependable you know is that person going to be there and that's i think one of the key aspects of of, of leadership um the the other aspect is um i think comes into nurturing and, and growth so is that leader or is that person actually helping you succeed because i don't think the, uh, leadership is about me 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 and hey, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the leader, I'm the boss, I'm the, you know, it's, and this is what I need to accompany. So it's never about that. Yeah. It's about the, the members in the team who's going to be delivering these projects or delivering these outcomes. So are they learning? Are they enjoying? Are they being nurtured, right? Yeah. Uh, are, are, they, are they growing? Yeah. So that to me is um, the other part of leadership where we're here to build more capabilities, you know, have better talents uh, within the organization and better people um, as such. And hoping, hoping that, you know, one day these, these guys, that's, guys and girls that's working with me, you know, when they sit on the same level or, or higher, then, you know, again, you know, the, these, these things come through. Um, Leadership is, is about that dependability and that and that growth and, and, and nurturing. If the leader is not dependable, it just doesn't work. You know, if you're no. uh, you know walking your your talk, you know, yeah, that that's no good, and and that's no good for 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 the team either. Mm. So it's about, um, yeah, but that's that's my that's my definition of of of, of leadership. Um, what's a good leader? Good leader is one that, that protects you, basically. They, they know the traps that you may fall into and they say, hey, you may just want to watch out for that. But, you know, I, right. but depending on your decision, you know, I've got your back. And being to, um, yeah, and it's important for, I think, young, young people um, in particular to feel that they're, they're here, they're learning, and sometimes mistakes happen. Mm. As long as you know they take accountability to a certain extent, you know the leader's got their back. So yeah, I think that's that's quite important. Great, thank you very much. Now um, we're we're nearing the the end of our time here, so I just Ooh. want to end on a personal question. Yeah, sure. If you could tra travel anywhere, where would that be, and why? Um, if I can travel anywhere, where would that be, and why? Um. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, actually, the place I want to travel to at this point in time is, is the UK in London. Mm -hmm. So my sister and her family is there at the moment. And because of COVID, we haven't been able to um, see them. Mm -hmm. And um, her kids are the same age as mine. And look, being an a immigrant uh, from, from Hong Kong, I, I didn't get a chance to play with my my cousins, 
mm. get a chance to um, be with the with the extended family. And it's always been something that I, I want my kids, um, you know, to have cousins, to to have a wider extended family mm. uh, um, uh, to play with. So I, I think uh, for for me, um, you know. My next, my next destination is actually take the whole family over to the UK, um, and meet their meet their cousins. And you know, because at the moment they've only been doing Zoom calls or WhatsApp calls, and yeah. it's different, right? It's, it's that's different. right. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. So that's that, that's the next uh, that's on, next on the list in terms of the travel plan. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Quincy. You've given a lot of insight into what what the pharma industry is like um, and you know what what people need to think about if they want to move into a, a corporate space um, and how you know what what they could take over when it comes to to their their current skills um, and you know what what they need to to consider and, and reflect on as well yeah I mean um, by all means if anyone that's that's listening wants to um, touch base with me you can find me on you know my profile on LinkedIn and just send me a message um, I'm more than uh, happy to um, to talk to people about you know what it's like working um, in the industry how to get there you know some of the things that you may want to want to consider so more than happy to mm. lovely thank you so much Quincy all right thank, thank you, you very much all right you take care Bye-bye. Bye.